Recording in progress. Okay. It's going to be a great time. Oh, boy. Okay. Does that sound interesting? Damn, I look so good. All right, let's just wait. You ready? Four hours later. Yeah. Dear Tech. Oh, laughing hurts. Cut. Hey, Dear Tech fam, welcome back to another episode of Dear Tech. And today we're asking, Dear Tech, how do I make the most of my LinkedIn? That is going to be a fun thing to talk about. I think most people in our industry have LinkedIn. Uh, Fran, want to kick us off? What do you think? Where, where do we start with this one? Sure. That's even like a, a good, as you were saying that, I was like, who doesn't have LinkedIn? I feel like it's an essential tool if in the tech industry, if you want to apply to a, it, it really isn't required, but I feel like it is a industry cultural norm for our space like if you don't have a linkedin someone would be like that's weird or why i think it's such a common like unspoken rule in our space i think in the past i think in the past i thought it was like shady if you didn't have one yeah right like i like when i was especially when i was like an agency if someone's like i don't have linkedin we'd be like what are you trying to hide (laughs) kind of thing right um because it's like kind of like a cross reference of your legitimacy because you have, you know, there's like references on there and people talking about you and you're liking things and you're showing your industry experience to the world. Mm-hmm. So you can't put like, oh, I worked for, you know, XYZ. I worked for Apple for 15 years and no one, you know, everyone's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, for sure. You have like no connections from there or anything. Yeah, totally. Um, even in this day and age, like so many of the let's start with like what what linkedin is sure. and the different like capabilities and how it's utilized so in from my viewpoint linkedin is a social professional platform and network to basically represent yourself in a digital forum and build your network connect with other people and connect with jobs do you agree anything to add on that yeah no i think i think you're right i think it started off more like a little bit more socialish. it was like mm-hmm. show your job but it was like more social but i yeah. think over the last maybe like decade and a half linkedin really upped their game in terms of integrating finding jobs and getting companies on it it was you know i'd say maybe 12 years ago it was more just for the candidates or just for the people and mm. over the last decade plus, it, it's been really much more integrated for companies. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely agree with what you said. Yeah, for sure. Like you I think there's there's so many different aspects that platforms utilize now, like as a candidate, you are leveraging typically in a lot of situations, leveraging the platform to build your digital profile and your digital resume so you can apply to jobs or connect with people and build your network and then also if you are um a company or a business like you said like you can build your digital presence on linkedin you can talk about your company you can post um events that are happening like you're able to cultivate a persona and presence on linkedin so that applicants and candidates can go and do research and learn more about the company um so many companies and individuals too, I think, are utilizing LinkedIn now um, in terms of marketing and branding and their own personal um, interests and 
work that they are doing, whether it's professional or personal. And I feel like I have also seen too the platform sway a little more personal in the last like five or so years, like people showing more of their their personal lives and their kind of full persona as a human outside of just um, their professional portfolio. I'll say in my opinion, so I'm 100% of the mindset, like you are a full human, like there's so many different facets of you outside of just your job and your career. But in my personal opinion, I solely utilize LinkedIn as a professional tool. Like I would not be one to share personal aspects of my life on the platform unless I think it's going to benefit my audience or some in some way, or it's a way for me to connect with people maybe in my professional network. I don't know how you feel about it, but sometimes I kind of see things that, that make me think about that. I think that I think on LinkedIn, there's kind of like a, a, a battle about that, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are like, this is a professional, like the area don't bring your, your yeah. own shit into this. Um, and I think for me, I agree with you. Firstly, I want to start by saying that I think that it's a free platform. If people want to put what they want to put fine, totally. but at the same time, like sometimes I will read stuff on LinkedIn and I will be like, I don't give a shit. And it's, it's, it's maybe not the best thought process, but it's like, I come to LinkedIn for a very specific purpose. And I think most people come to LinkedIn. Like you don't come to LinkedIn. You don't infinity scroll on LinkedIn just to pass time. Right? Like some people might I definitely do sometimes on my app. Well, that's because you're, you're a very work focused person. But like, if you want to do that, you go on Instagram to like look at like memes uh, and stuff, right? But for LinkedIn, it's very much about for me, and I think for a lot of people, it's about what's happening in my industry, what's happening in my network, what's happening with work, who's getting laid off, who's getting work, who's getting jobs, stuff like that, yeah. right? And I, I do again, feel good pieces are awesome. Telling us about something wonderful your kid did, great. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is it doesn't benefit the platform from what it was intended to be about. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, sometimes you need to pick me up and sometimes it's great. But I'd prefer if it was like feel good stories within work, mm-hmm. right? Like feel good stories within what we're doing in LinkedIn rather than something overly personal. Um, and there's ways to put those things together, right? Like there's stories about that too. Like bring your pet to work day stories. Love those. Love anything with dogs. So that's me. Um, but yeah, I think that a, a big percentage, you know, again, like another example is like, don't ask someone out on LinkedIn. Like don't DM someone and be like, hey, are you single? Like that's not, even honestly on Facebook and stuff, it's kind of meh. But Instagram, people get DM'd and they're fine with it. But when it comes to LinkedIn, that's a big no-no. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's that's even if someone is, quote unquote, like open in their life. I think if you message someone on LinkedIn about that stuff, it's like an automatic shutdown because it's not what they're here for. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I think separating it is a good idea. Yeah, I would lean that way more, too, for sure. And I will all say like at the end of the day, like if, if someone wants to share stuff about their life, like totally like your own prerogative. I would just say like for me personally, like I like to have that separation of personal and professional. Um. How do you feel from a, let's talk like candidate perspective, like candidate perspective and company perspective. 
how from if you want to start with one or kind of talk between the two how is the platform best utilized okay so i'll jump to actually i'll jump to company because i think the really cool thing about linkedin for companies is you can put all the stuff you put on linkedin on your company website right like for the most part if you wanted to you can put you know um pieces from people in the company that's some things that are exciting that's happening all that stuff can go on your website if you want to however Mm -hmm. i'm not checking random companies personal websites all the time a b if you're selling a product on your on your website i'm not trying to look for that stuff like i'm not trying to go through all the tabs and look for it when now the beauty of linkedin is i'm already there and you put stuff on there and it shows up on my feed you're able to give me give the the job community or the the tech community loads of information about your company without doing extra work right Mm -hmm. so you can put something on your website drag it to linkedin and leave it alone and it'll show up places you don't have to go out of your way to bring traffic to because in a lot of websites it's like how much traffic is my website getting that's a big question even with job postings we're like how many people are going to our, our careers pages stuff like that you put it on linkedin it's cheat code because you're not having to drive traffic it's showing up then your your job becomes how do i make sure it's showing up more and that's a whole other thing and then you pay linkedin and then they do their magic and then it's on everyone's page um but i think if if you're not utilizing linkedin uh to do the heavy lifting right of bringing people to your careers page bringing bringing attention to your company then you're missing out if you're only posting jobs on linkedin you're missing out if you're only uh putting up just company like highlights that might be in the news anyway you're missing out you gotta you have to add stuff talk about your culture talk about events that are happening talk about events that happened talk about people in your company that won awards like you have an opportunity as a company to highlight every little thing and it will be big because it'll show up and it'll give and you'll have eyes on it whether or not you get the likes and stuff that's a whole other thing again comments but you're able to have eyes on these things and Mm -hmm. you know even with posts like i don't I, and this is something that I'm working on, but I don't post a whole bunch on LinkedIn yet. I'm working on it, something I want to get better at um, because, and we'll talk about it, it's a big part of, yeah, as a candidate or as a as a individual on LinkedIn, it's a big part of your brand as well is posting. But even when I do post stuff, even if I don't get a whole bunch of likes, I will have 900 eyes on it. I'll see 900 interactions, mm-hmm. right? And whether or not I got the likes or whether or not I got the comments, that's still 900 eyes on whatever I put out there. So imagine what you get when you're a multi-billion dollar company. So I think when it comes to um, at least companies, I think it's really important um, to make sure that you are utilizing that free, almost free publicity, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you, before we move on to candidates, what are, what are your thoughts on companies? Um, I agree with everything you said. I definitely think like LinkedIn, like we were saying at the very beginning, LinkedIn is such a, uh, I would say, I honestly don't know if there's, there's anything out there that quite compares in terms of scale and impact to LinkedIn. LinkedIn is really the, like one core central tool that I think you could, you could say, at least in the U S like my, my knowledge of the international tools that may be similar, um, are applicable to what LinkedIn's capabilities are um, is minimal, but at least for the US, um, I think LinkedIn is that like one tool that everyone for the most part is connected to. And it's that one spot that you can know that you were like you're saying, like you were getting so much um, 
organic traffic, although it may not necessarily be specifically to your page, I think you can, as a company, you can know that this is a tool that everyone is utilizing. So I might as well take advantage of that and build my brand, build my network, build my platform on LinkedIn to then essentially, like you're saying, drive people to my company or my website or my podcast or what have you. An interesting thing I was, I'm, I'm still learning more about this um, as we go, but the the backend technology and algorithms that come into play on LinkedIn, not only for a company, but if you're trying, if you're a candidate or trying to build your brand, no matter who you are, I was reading that actually your, how the algorithms work, if you are posting a link, so if you, if you create a post, if you are sharing an external link that is outside of the LinkedIn platform, it is less likely to be viewed by anyone in your network or that just the viewers in general on LinkedIn, rather than if you share a link or a post or a page that's tied to LinkedIn. So the workaround that I was reading is actually if, if, if you make a post and you're trying to drive traffic to somewhere else or some forum or platform outside of LinkedIn, the workaround is actually to post it in the comment section of your post rather than the, in the original pro post to kind of trick the trick the algorithm on the back end. But we, we can get into that a little bit, but I, there's like so much that also comes into play and is understanding the system and how it's built to work based on why you're on LinkedIn, understanding the rules that you have to play within, and then also understanding how you can work around them to like reach your end goal, whether it's making sure your profile gets seen or applying to jobs or making sure your like candidates and traffic is coming to your company page. So I just want to understand, so I want to make sure I understand this properly. So if you post links on LinkedIn that are external, they don't go out as, as much. That was my understanding. Yeah. It's, it's okay. less likely like that's, it's basically like deprioritized on the algorithm. If, if you're, cause they obviously want people to stay on LinkedIn. Mm. So the, the backend algorithm, if you are sharing links on your posts that are outside of LinkedIn, it basically gets deprioritized within the algorithm. All right. So you hear, heard it here first, or maybe not first, but you heard it here. <laughs> so if you want to post external links, don't write about it and then put it in the comments and then yeah. pin the comment. That is actually huge. Um, okay, cool. Wow. All right. Um, and then, so we, we can, we can talk about candidates in general, but do, do you want to break down like some things that we see that are like good and bad on candidate profiles hmm. like that? Like, I, so like, so my thought is like, start at the, at the most basic, have yeah. a profile picture, <laughs> right? I think, it's it's better I have mixed feelings about that actually do you okay we'll talk about we can definitely talk about it but i think because it's a plat it's a social it's a it's a not a social eh, it's a social work platform right it's a social work we'll call it that mm -hmm. um a social slash professional platform but since it's like a type of social media i think uh, having a picture increases credibility to the profile because there are fake profiles up there right mm -hmm. there's fake profiles on every there are bots everywhere oh 100 and so i think for me, and, and I would love to hear your, your counterpoints, but for me, I think having a good um, semi-professional picture, and the reason I say semi-professional, you don't want a picture of you on the beach. It's not I cool. straight up, my very first ever LinkedIn profile was like 
a cropped one that I'd pulled from Facebook because I didn't have any professional photos yet. And I like cropped all of like the background out of it and it was like good enough. But it was just your face, right? Yep. Okay. So I think either a headshot, I think a headshot's good. Yeah. Uh, but I think currently my LinkedIn picture is a picture of me and my dog. Mm. But it's me and my dog just, but like normal, it's a headshot, but my dog happens to be there. Uh, mm. And for me personally, I think maybe if I was looking for work, I would change it up. But as someone who's just using the platform not for finding work right now, I'm, that's good for me, right? Mm. But either way, I think you want a very clear, for, and again, I really want to hear your counterpoints because I, I, mm. it's gonna be, I know it's going to be good. But for me, I think a clear picture of your face, uh, don't have alcohol in there, don't have anything weird in there, don't be on the beach, don't be in the pool. Uh, you could be doing something you like doing, but I would rather not like, oh, you're rock climbing, so we see your back. I would love to see something where it's your face. Um, just show some personality, but also just like show us who you are so we know the credibility of this profile is that it's legit. Mm -hmm. um, your thoughts. Um, hold on, I'm gathering my thoughts on here so I don't forget stuff you were just saying that triggered my brain. Totally but cool. um okay so for candidate profile basic so a few thoughts i agree with you mostly but there's like some devil's advocate thoughts that i have as well Go for it. so 100 in this in the aspect of talking about if you're trying to get your profile seen yes posting a photo is going to increase the likelihood of that happening because again the the more you play within the the rules of LinkedIn and they like you will get prompts all the time like have you filled out your about section on your LinkedIn like have you added your skills like the platform is set up to like the more you utilize it the more you kind of adhere to the structure they have created for your profile the more likely your profile is going to get seen so yes I will agree in the sense that um posting a photo plays within the algorithm of LinkedIn I will also say I, I, I definitely do think with the like base intent of it being a social platform that posting a photo of your face that you can like clearly see someone's face does also have like a social, emotional, like psychological element of being able to put a face to a name and kind of connect with someone more so knowing what they look like if you're reaching out to them or speaking with them or applying to a job, what have you. Um, I will also add though, due to obviously a level of bias that can come into play with someone's name or someone's photo, whether it's conscious or unconscious, I do know there's actually a recent, I don't know if it's been adopted across the, the entire platform yet, but I do know there's a new feature on LinkedIn recruiter. So if you are a recruiter or a hiring manager or someone who has LinkedIn recruiter access who is doing candidate searches on LinkedIn, you can select an option to remove profile photos and names from profiles now to remove any opportunity for bias based on name or photo. And you can actually remove that from the profiles and solely look at experience and all the other information that a candidate has listed on their profile. So devil's devil's advocate. <laughs> yeah. And this is this is not a great um this is not a great example because it, it does open a can of worms, but I'm gonna say it out loud and then you shut me down if I'm being dumb. If you're looking for diverse candidates, whatever that definition is for you, sometimes 
names and pictures help identify what your team might be missing. Thoughts on that? So I would strongly disagree with that practice. I think there is like, you can't see someone's photo and make a guaranteed judgment based on like, let's say if you, if you know you have a predominantly white male team and you are specifically trying to increase the racial and gender diversity of your team, just as an example, I 100% do not agree with making judgments based on names or photos on LinkedIn. I think there's so much that can go wrong there. And ethically, I don't think it's a good practice either because you may not know where someone lands on the gender spectrum. You may be making an inaccurate judgment based on what someone looks like in their photo. I don't think that is a good practice. So don't judge a book by its cover. Okay, we learned that in fourth grade and we learn it again today. Um, no, that, that, that is interesting though. I think, so I think having that option is great, but I think yeah. when you're putting your profile out there to be viewed, it's good to give as much detail as you can where that, that's where pictures come in. Um, because I think, so one of the things that I wanted to say actually before I got into this was like, you want your LinkedIn to tell a story. I think as, a, as, as an individual on LinkedIn, even as a company, but let's, let's talk about it. The individual, you want your LinkedIn to tell a story, right? So mm -hmm. your profile photo tells a story in one way, shape or form. Also, I would say don't have other people in your profile photos for LinkedIn. It's mm -hmm. not a good idea. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> and, and not because like, again, it's not because people are making judgments based on what we see. It's just like, it's just not professional as much if it's you and your three buddies yeah. on a, in a picture for, for this. So that's one. Um, the other thing becomes, so, uh, background photo. I've seen so many profiles without background photos. Again, background photos mm. probably aren't, you don't have to have one, but again, it gives you an opportunity to tell a story. You can put something on there that talks about what's important to you. It talks about what you're, what you work on, what you do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think utilizing that also is great because it adds to the story. Um, and you know, background photo, there's not much to go on there. You just put a background photo, figure out what what's important to you, whether it's something about the company you currently work at, whether it's about something you're passionate about, whatever that may be, go for it. And you can change it as often as you want. Um, but I think of one thing that the, the one of the things on a profile that I want to talk about, because I think it's actually the most underutilized thing on a profile, but also can be one of the most uh, important things to tell a story on your profile is the, the headline. Because hmm. I think the the this, little blurb that comes up right under your after, name. Yes, because I think most people, from what I've seen, just put with their job title. Nine times out of ten, it's their mm. job title. It's it's what or they do. X Amazon, X Meta, X Google. Oh, don't get me started. Don't get me that that may, that makes my skin just itch. I just it it I don't like the X stuff at all. Um, but anyway, that's that's a whole other thing. We can talk about that. But I think your headline shouldn't be about should not be your job title i think your headline gives you an opportunity to to talk about a lot of different things um for example i'll say my headline um not that it's a amazing one but that's what i chose to do it just talks about what i like to do it just talks about who i am so it what, says what you know so uh my exact one um cool. I, I i probably should have had it pulled up right like that would have been very <laughs> smart of me uh it's cool so my my exact one is so it says people leader, 
change enthusiast, media connoisseur, techie, leadership consultant and ally, certified scrum master, job hunt coach, volunteer work enthusiast, and dog dad, hmm. right? So I'll give you a very good idea of who I am, right? I'm a people leader. I'm a change enthusiast. I like media. I like tech. I consult leadership on things. Um, I'm certified in scrum, which is like a, a skill set that I'm adding in there. Um, job hunt coach. So I help people find, find jobs, volunteer work enthusiast. I volunteer and a dog that I have a dog. Right. Um, and so I think in that way, I'm not writing a paragraph. I'm not, t- I'm not writing an actual paragraph, but I'm mm-hmm. able to give you an idea of when I look at this person outside of looking at their job history, what is this person about? Right. So I think, yeah, and you don't have to do it the way I did it. There's many different ways to do really, really cool headlines, but I think having just your job title, doesn't help because I can go on your LinkedIn and go to down to your work history and see your job title, right? Because mm-hmm. nowhere here does it say recruiting manager, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't even, and I should probably add podcast something or other, but it doesn't even say podcast host. It just says, these are my, this is who I am when it comes to my professional life. But then I also have dog dad, which is very much not professional, but it's mm-hmm. something that's very important to my identity. Um, so I think, you should use your headline to tell, again, add to the story of your LinkedIn profile. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Mine says human first, talent acquisition second, host to the Dear Tech podcast. I love it. All right. Look at that plug, guys. All right. <laughs> Dear so Tech I, podcast, but human I first. Say, I think, so I think we can agree upon it and then we can get into all of like the other more detailed aspects of a profile but i think like you were saying before at the end of the day from a candidate perspective or really anyone who has a their own individual profile on linkedin i think it is an opportunity like you said to tell your story and build your brand so i think that is like a consistent um item that we can agree upon in terms of like the over overarching purpose of having a profile on LinkedIn. And then I think there are a lot of things that you and I will agree upon. Like, like I do have a LinkedIn photo for mine um, and a background photo and I've filled out most all of the, the sections that are on the profile. I think outside of that though, like the actual specifics of how you go about doing all that and how much information you include on your about section or um, recommendations and no recommendations or how much information you're putting on your um, your descriptions under jobs. Like I think a lot of that stuff is going to be opinion based. Like you're going to talk to different recruiters, different leaders, different hiring managers, different HR representatives who have varying opinions on what's right, what you should be doing, and what's the proper way to utilize the LinkedIn platform. So in my personal opinion, I'll say for everyone, like there definitely are some fairly big like core items that I think a lot of our industry can agree upon in terms of how to utilize LinkedIn and the best way to utilize LinkedIn. But outside of that, just as it is with like what's the best resume or I think that so much of it is going to be opinionated. So at the end of the day, it's totally up to you how you want to brand yourself and represent yourself and what you want to share on your platform. I think the key thing like we're going into here is really 
understanding the nuances of LinkedIn, kind of know, do like doing your own research or listening to us or going on and poking around and understanding how the platform works, how the algorithms work and all of the ways that you can leverage and utilize the platform. And then it's totally up to you how you want to embrace or utilize or not utilize all of those functions. Yeah. Well, so it's definitely opinion based, but I think rather like if someone has, let's say like a bunch of, um, like network referrals or like, I forget what they call it, but like people recommendations, right? Like recommendations, right? Um, I think like some people might be indifferent to it, but I doubt someone will be like, you have too many. Right. So I think from, from, from my belief system, when it comes to LinkedIn is you have an opportunity to, to like, again, tell your story. I would utilize that as much as possible because okay mm-hmm. and i will say i know can i know people out there i had this i know this one contracting candidate dude was a rock like rock star meaning he never out of work probably always had like two to three contracts at the same time killed it right and build like 180 dollars an hour like monster rock. linkedin was bare bones no picture mm. bare like had every job but it was all just job title and and time and that was it no mm-hmm. recommendations no, nothing right and not even their real name like had like their like just like a, a rave no linkedin but rockstar right so they exist but i think again that's an outlier and you want to be not you're not we don't use you know we use rules of thumb we don't use the outliers as as our rules of thumb right so i would be like you know make your summaries and tell a story it doesn't hurt to have a bunch of recommendations it doesn't hurt yeah. to have a bunch of connections it doesn't hurt to have um you know and again and the other thing i'll put is so let me ask you another one this is this is actually interesting because I'm, I'm on the fence about this and i don't know how much detail do you put in your work history and then we can step away from the the, the nitty-gritty i just want to i'm just curious yeah. i think so for me i and how i like when i'm talking to like my mentees or when i'm talking to anyone who's like seeking advice on building their linkedin profile i always my recommendation is to think of your linkedin profile as a digital copy of your resume so me for the most part like it's basically almost an exact mirror of what you will see on my resume versus what you'll see on linkedin because i think so often with like recruiters or hiring managers they're they are leveraging linkedin recruiter as a digital resume pool essentially like they are going on there seeking out candidates who align to their jobs that they are hiring for or or future hiring so if you don't have all of the all of your skills and tools and technologies you worked with and projects that you've completed and accomplishments that you've had on your linkedin profile that's less likely that your profile is going to get pulled or flagged in an opportunity that you could have been interested in. So I, I used to, for my personal self, I used to believe that, or I used to, you know, that was what my LinkedIn looked like. Mm-hmm. But over the recent years, I kind of strayed away from it. And I just put like my job title and like my basic function. Hmm. And more so because like, they're gonna get my resume. Right. And if as long as you put like, the the general idea of what you're doing, they're gonna like if they're if you're in the market actively there because like that's the thing right if you're in the market actively your resume is out there and you're gonna put your resume out there and you might even attach it to your to your LinkedIn and like many people do um, or maybe when you're looking you can do it but when I'm when I'm not looking I don't have I don't have all those details on there one because 
my especially for the for like if you're currently at at a job that's changing and it's like i don't want to con- con- consistently keep having to like update my profile um but also it's just like i don't know I, I don't know what changed in my brain but like i at one point in the last few years went went to my linkedin and like took out everything and i just have my job title and then like a basic and i might be wrong i might have actually thought i did that in my brain and that's not i'm not looking at my linkedin right now uh but i believe like i've taken out a bunch of stuff just because well, one, I'm not looking, but two, it's like sometimes less is more, but I don't know. That's just, that's, hmm. that, that's one of those opinions you were talking about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, from my perspective, I would say like, respect your decision. It's your platform. Do what you will. Yeah. Um, but from my perspective, I'm, I'm by no means actively looking right now either, but I think I'm of the mindset of like, who knows what I could not be aware of or could be missing out on if I don't have all of that information on my LinkedIn profile. And let's say there's an opportunity out there that was a major step up for me, like double my compensation, fully remote, like paid vacations to Bora Bora, like what have you. And like my profile might not get flagged if I don't have all the information on there. So that that's my perspective is like, I want to, um, share like my full experiences and brandings because you never know what opportunity is going to arise from that or who's going to reach out to or connect with you because of that. Touche. Touche. I agree. Um, how do you feel? Well, actually not how do you feel? Cause I know how you feel cause it's on your profile, but I think it's very <laughs> important to have like stuff outside of work that you do that is still mm-hmm professional ish. So I wouldn't put like high school volleyball captain on there, but I would put like, um, volunteer work that, that you do. Stuff when I first created my oh, profile. of course, of course. Your, your first, your first resume has everything possible. Cause all, cause you don't have any experience, right? Yeah. So it's like, I have leadership experience, yeah. crack captain senior year. Um, <laughs> but I think like volunteer work, like all my volunteer work is on there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's separate and it's, and it's on my resume too. Um, mm-hmm. because it's a big part of who I am. And the thing is in some volunteer capacities, you're doing major stuff. Like there's people out there that are like board members of volunteer organizations. That's, that's work, right? Yeah. Essentially. So I think, um, you definitely want to have stuff that you do outside of work that may not be quote unquote direct professional stuff, but you definitely want to have like stuff that you do that, that takes like mental energy, like, you know, volunteer work. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I'll also say looking back at mine. So I think um, another, this is like a smaller tip that I was thinking about previously as well is um, your date. So I, for, for education. So this is what I have been recommending to people more recently, especially if you were uh, earlier on in your career and or if you were towards the tail end of your career but but this is a a tactic i would apply for everyone now is we all know like biases are like an innate part well we might all know but biases are an innate part of being human but i think there's like obviously a varying level of someone's awareness around conscious or unconscious biases but obviously i think ageism is like a common one that can come into play And oftentimes you can see a lot of, not necessarily you see a lot, but you know that a lot of, or maybe you've experienced it personally of, of situations where someone made judgments 
based on your age and how young you were or how old you were. So what I do recommend to people now these days is for any education that you're listing on your resume, removing uh, the graduation year years in school. Um, so I recommend that for people now. And then also with um, locations, whether it's on your LinkedIn profile or your um, like hard copy resume, if someone has like their home address, like I would recommend them to remove it because leaving an opportunity for bias based on, excuse me, your location, because you could be someone who's totally cool with commuting two, three hours into the office, but the individual who's assessing your profile may have a preconceived judgment if they deem that's not in alignment with what their expectation is or what they're looking for. Yeah. And I think the, the uh, open to relocate um, option is, I love it. I love mm -hmm. it a lot because if you really are, and you can pick where you're, where you're open to relocate to. I think uh, with the date thing, I absolutely agree. I think the only time you should have a date on graduation is if you just graduated like this year. Mm -hmm. And that's only because you're probably like, Hopefully, if you just graduated from somewhere, you're using their career services to get a job. So like the people that are interviewing, you know that. And or if you just graduated from a very prestigious program um, and it's like that's what you're using as your ticket to getting in the door. Because, you know, like if you got an MBA from, you know, Wharton and you're, you're getting your interview through Wharton, then you definitely want to be like, yeah, I'm, I just graduated from Wharton with my MBA or something like that. Um, but it's only if you're like literally doing it right now. But as soon as you actually graduate and you're, you've had your first job, I agree. Pull that, you, no one needs to know when you graduated. And it works on the flip. If you graduated many, many moons ago, some people, you know, there's ageism on the other many side moons. of the, there, yeah, there's ageism on the other spectrum um, and no one needs to, no one needs to know. So yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, what other like cool, um, aspects of LinkedIn from a candidate perspective? Have you seen whether it's you leverage it yourself or you have awareness around it or you know other people are leveraging a certain aspect of LinkedIn or have utilized it in a perhaps unique way or a cool resource that people should know about? I think in tech, I don't know if it's a cool resource, but I think it's just it's, it's semi common sense. But I think in tech, having your certs very visible, like having all your certifications on there, um, LinkedIn now has their own learning situation. I would utilize that. LinkedIn like if you, learning. LinkedIn learning is dope. I have, mm -hmm. I've, I've done a couple of their, their classes. I think LinkedIn learning is very like, again, I don't think it'll get I don't you. Know, is that not a, is that a free resource? If no, I think you get one for free, okay. uh, something like that. Or maybe your company might pay for you to get a couple yeah. free ones. Um, I think you might have to pay for it. I think that if your company, if you get any option of getting at least one of them for free, do it. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's, again, it's not going to get you the job, but it's going it, to, there, there is some cool information there. Um, mm -hmm. But when it comes to tech, I think, again, tech certifications might not quote unquote get you the job, but it will make you more visible. And depending on what tech you're working in, some certs hold a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. right? Like in like, and this is an example I, I like to use is like Salesforce PD2. If you're a platform developer two in Salesforce, you're there's like 400 or at least when i was recruiting in salesforce it was like there's like 400 of them in the country max mm -hmm. so if you're a pd2 you you kick ass right um so i think you know display your certifications in tech um and 
Yeah, that's that's one of the things. Uh, I'm trying to think of cool things, but I, I'm not a very cool person, so I don't know if I, I come across the, the coolest of things. Self-deprecating. <laughs> um, I would add for just like different aspects of the platform to be mindful of from a candidate perspective is so one at a high level thinking of again what i was saying before understanding the algorithm um and the back-end system of linkedin and how best to leverage that to make sure your profile is seen the more you engage on the platform and the more you utilize the platform the more likely your profile is going to get seen so whether that's liking someone's post, commenting on someone's post, making a post to yourself, um, following people, following tags, like the more engagement your profile has on the platform, the more likely your profile is gonna get seen in a search from any capacity. So I think it's important to know that. I will also say like, it definitely takes a bit of like time and effort to think as being in like the talent acquisition space in our industry, we definitely are on the platform more so than a lot of individuals um i do know there are so like connecting with people making sure you're building your network connecting with people that you work with people that you've connected with in school individuals that you've met at networking events i think it's a good practice to connect and build your network on linkedin um also there is the um the compensation i'm forgetting the exact title of it i'm looking on my phone right now but i think the mobile version's a bit different um, you can look at compensation on on LinkedIn. So I know there's so many different platforms on there or out there that you can look and do research around compensation, but it's just nice to have like all these different aspects within like a one-stop shop platform like LinkedIn, but you can go and do research around, especially if you're new to the play, new to, um, on your career path or it's a new industry for you or you're looking for a promotion or what have you you can go and do compensation searches on linkedin um for specific jobs in specific locations so i think that's a good tool and resource um just like you said linkedin learning like i think i do think there are um a lot there's like a ton of good content and material on there um you can take certifications through linkedin as well um varying levels of of certifications that you can add to your profile like you were saying um obviously the messaging feature on linkedin is really nice and being able to reach out to people and connect with people um they have the option now this is a new feature and i also don't know if, if you know feel free to jump in but the new feature now where you can if you were a candidate and you are interested in a specific company, but you don't see anything um, immediately open that's in alignment with what you're looking for, you can click the, I forget what it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, like this company like, or- I'm interested in, in working with this company, yes. something to that effect yeah. of being like, hey, I wanna work here one day. Yep, you can um, select that button yeah. on the company profile on LinkedIn. So then from the recruiter view, we'll, there's an extra filtered tab now for anyone who specifically has selected that option or interest in your company. So it's another good way to express proactive interest in a company. Yeah. You know, something you said actually really uh, stuck, uh, stuck out to me and made me think. So, I, you know, when it comes to, if you think of, let's say like two decades ago, or maybe even a decade ago, any industry you were in, you, there's most of the times professionals would, and I know doctors still do this. You buy like, um, you know, magazines and stuff to stay up to date. 
right? You just, you buy like literature in your industry to stay up to date on what's going on in your field. I think following people, companies that are specifically like, if you're, if you're an, an AI person, follow OpenAI, right? Follow their CEO mm -hmm. and you will get very often almost that same level of literature on new things that are happening in that industry. Um, and, I, and again, I personally think, so when you're, I feel like when you're new on LinkedIn, or at least when I was new on LinkedIn, I followed everyone. I liked everyone. I was, I was adding people to my network as if I was getting paid to do it, um, which is okay. But I don't, I don't know if I recommend that as much. You should, again, like you said, network, add people. But I, I'm, I'm one of the people that think, especially for LinkedIn, add people that you have a reason to add. Either you've met them or you've been introduced to them or talk, someone talked about them to you, or maybe they're an industry you want to get into and you want to ask them specific questions. You want to actually have a dialogue. I don't love just randomly adding people because especially like even in, in my like LinkedIn, like network tab, there are a bunch of people that are just sitting there because I was like, I, I don't know you. I don't know the value that I would bring to you that you would bring to me. I don't understand the purpose of the ad, hmm. but I'm not mean. So I'll just leave you right here. Stay there. Um, there, there are people that I'll be like, no, if I, if I think that it's not, it's, it's, there's, there's negative value. Um, but if I'm not sure, I'll just be like, let's chill. Cause, and again, when you add someone, write them a note, say something, tell them why you're adding them, give them a hi there. Because again, LinkedIn isn't Facebook 2010 when you were just like random person on the street, add them and just have a Facebook friend for no reason. I think LinkedIn's a little bit more, uh, you know, specific on on that go for it <laughs> for those who aren't watching the video i'm raising my hand <laughs> yeah she is oh yeah good yeah there you go <laughs> my bad yeah i should have said that i pick on fran fran you you had a question thank you um i disagree with you <laughs> okay love it go so for it i i take the so i used to so back when i was at agency when i was at an it staffing agency, I did lean more towards that approach of if I didn't know you, I wasn't adding you. But then I shifted that mindset and anyone who requests a connection with me, I accept. Unless obviously you're like sending me inappropriate stuff or it's something that's like against my morals or my values, like whatever, I would not add someone. But um, I accept everyone, even if like I get so many sales reach outs and people trying to pitch tools and resources. And I'm like, I, I just honestly don't respond unless it's something where I think I can provide actually provide value or it's interesting to me, um, or value to me. Um, because from my perspective, I'm like, perhaps this person's trying to learn from me, or perhaps it would be a value to them. Like it's, it doesn't do anything for me to take half a millisecond to click accept and them to follow me. Like it's no skin off my back. So from my perspective, if someone wants to follow me on LinkedIn, cool, go for it. Perhaps they're trying to learn something or they want to see what I'm posting or if I can post something that would help them. Like that's my personal approach. Um, and I, although I do agree with you from the perspective of if you are trying to make a conscious effort to apply to a job or uh, build your business and you just started a your own like small web dev company or 
if if you are trying to make a conscious effort to build your business, build your network, apply to a job, whatever, I do think um, messaging people as to why you're connecting with them and why you want to reach out to them or what what's the purpose of the reach out, I do think there's uh, value in that. But I'm also of the mindset of like, the worst that can happen is someone doesn't accept your invite, like Shubo here, like click apply. It's not gonna, it's not like you're gonna lose a point for Gryffindor or like what have you. <laughs> like it's, it's really like not a big deal. I do think a lot of people have different opinions on if you message someone or if you request someone on LinkedIn, you most definitely should be saying the message. I don't necessarily agree with that. I legitimately don't care. Um, but I do think if outside of just being in my network, if you are seeking out connecting with me for a specific reason, then yes, I do think a message is important. Cause like, I'm obviously not going to know why you're reaching out to me. Um, it's, it's, it's funny how different we are because when I was an agency, I was adding everyone. I think mm. I got to like a thousand plus connections or 500 plus connections in like a day. Mm. Like I went crazy. Like I remember my, my first day on LinkedIn, I just, and when I was an agency, I just added everybody because yeah. I was like, I need candidates and I need hiring managers and I need whatever I can get my hand on. So I went crazy. Um, and I think the funny thing is with, we're actually very different. I respond to, I try to respond to, if I, if I get my eyes on it, I try to respond to every sales message I get because I was on the other end of that and I will respond, I will try to respond with, Hey, not looking. Uh, and it depends because if it's, if it's not a well thought out message, I'll ignore it. Mm. But if it's something that I'm like, you spend time on that, or that's a very good template that you're using. I like it. <laughs> I, Cause I have said like, love what you're doing. Totally not interested, but love what you're doing. Um, or. Yeah, no, because and or but like I've had another one. I had this one recently and it wasn't on LinkedIn. Actually, someone was calling me at 9 a.m. They called me at literally it was not I looked at the clock and I was at that time I was I had a late morning. I was brushing my teeth and they, they called me three times. I, I declined their call twice. They called me a third time. A little bit of toothpaste in my mouth. Like, can I call you back <laughs> or can you call me back in an hour? Calls me back exactly in an hour and I was on another call or something. And like, I didn't say anything, but a part of me was like, and this is, this is me ranting. Sorry, y'all soapbox. Don't call someone first thing in the morning to do a sales call. Like no one wants a sales call first thing in the morning. We were taught to do uh, that in my agency. Days. I know my, I, me too. My <laughs> get on the phones. And I'm like, this is stupid. Like, this is so like, this is why also though, I think if you're on West coast, it's awesome to make mm -hmm. phone calls first thing in the morning on the East coast, because by then I've had mm -hmm. my coffee and I'm not like literally opening my email for the first time and getting a call. Like 901 is nine o'clock is the worst time to call. Anyway, sorry, off my soapbox now. Um, but yeah, no, I, for me, I guess, you know, again, we talked about this, it's opinions, but yeah, for me, I no longer, um, and again, what I will say, you said follow, anyone can follow me, follow me all day long. I just don't want to follow you. And it, it's like, cause, cause I have had people that I've accepted and they're posting a bunch of like, I've had two experiences. One, political stuff in like American politics, which I just, regardless of what side it is, I don't want to see that on LinkedIn for myself mm -hmm. because doesn't, no, not for my work stuff. But I had this one person that added me and they were dropping like in a, like five posts a day about Indian politics. Hmm. And it was like, and, and my parents are from India, so I, I know the context, but I was just like, dude. So I had to, I unfollowed the person. I didn't unconnect, 
disconnect, mm. whatever. I unfollowed. But anyway, sorry. Another soapbox that I will get off of now. Um, all right. Where are we taking this convo, Fran? What's mm. next? If you, I, I, a few follow-ups to the, the original conversation here around messaging. What, so let's say, let's do like three different kind of personas. If you are a candidate reaching out to someone for some aspect of seeking a job, what should that message look like? If you are a sales rep reaching mm-hmm. out to someone at a company trying to get, to get an in, what should that messaging look like? You said three. Do you have a third? <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I'm not kidding, but I, I'll let you think about it That's while I That's all I've got answer. in my head right now. Maybe I'll come up with another one. Okay. Uh, maybe you were going to say if you're approaching a candidate as a recruiter. I don't know. But um, I'll start yeah, with the candidate. Okay. So let me write that down so I remember. Um, <laughs> so as a, okay, as a candidate. So one, I respond to, I do my absolute best from the bottom of my heart to respond to every single candidate that reaches out to me about a job. I, I really do. Um, and I try to uh, pay it forward and pass, pass them along if I can for whatever. Mm-hmm. So with a candidate, I think one, you don't want to just be like, hey, do you have a job? Right? Even if you have a <laughs> why wealth... not, Shiba? Tell them why not. <laughs> no, because and I've had that happen before, but you don't want to just say, yeah. or even if you have a well thought out beginning, don't just be like, Do you have anything in your company for me? That shows no initiative. And it's also, I'm sorry, I, I'm literally have this is my job and I have stuff to do. I'm not gonna look for jobs for you. Like I'm this sorry. I, that's the best I can say. What I would do is uh, and I'll get to the actual meat and potatoes of what you should say in your, in your message. But what I would do is I'd go on the company website of the person that you're messaging, look for a relevant job, okay? And I would say, and I've actually recently told a friend of mine because they had a question about a different company's job and I wrote them a template of what they should say. But what I would do is make sure you put that link in your email. Be like, hey, I saw this job. It looks very interesting to me. I think I'm a good fit because of X, Y, and Z, my experience at X, what I did here, whatever. Um, I was wondering if you knew the right point of contact or, or if you could help me um, apply to this job. That's one way to do it. Another way to do it is if you want to, if you're very hell-bent on one job, that's the way to do it. If you're hell-bent on a company, I would rather say, hey, I see you work at this company and I think it's a really cool place to work, but I'd love to just talk to you and about the company. Can you tell me about how it is to work there. I just want to pick your brain. Someone did that to me, uh, not recently, but a few months ago. And I took the call because they were in a similar industry. And I was just like, yeah, let's talk about it. Why not? Right. Um, and at the end of that call, you can say, hey, do you have anything? Right. Or, hey, I saw this job. What do you think? Um, but I think the beginning of the very important part about the beginning of those messages are you want to seem like, for lack of a better word, you give a shit. So I would, um, if you see something on their profile or they posted something recently, you can reference it. You can say, hey, we both went to X college, you know, go Scarlet Knights, went to Rutgers. Um, what you, but try to be a little bit personal. Don't try, don't be fake. Make sure there's some genuine thing that you're talking about. Um, and I've had people recently reach out to me like, hey, saw your episode of Dear Tech about X was awesome. Instant in. Instant in. You, na- you name <laughs> a, an, an episode if you actually use a t- name and title. For any sales in. rep listing, if you download and watch our podcast, yes. we accept bribes. <laughs> yes, we, 
kidding. Um, <laughs> yes, I will not delete that from the episode. But I think no. If you if you listen, but the thing is, if you do that, just know that we're quizzing you on the call as soon as we start talking. <laughs> what did I say in minute twenty three? No, I'm kidding. Um, but I think so. Start personal. Second, be intentional on what we're looking at. The other thing I would say though is also don't be. Uh, I guess greedy is a word, but I've had someone send me like four links. Be like, these are the four jobs I'm looking at. I would love to track down four hiring managers or four recruiters for you. But again, you have to respect that you're looking for a job. So it's your full-time job to do that. I have a whole bunch of stuff to do. So for me to send you to one person is fine. Um, but for me to send you to four is tough. I have had one person who over the course of three months asked me about three different jobs at three different times, which I wasn't, I didn't have a big problem with it. Um, I think at one point, maybe I was like, it's getting a bit much, um, but I, it, but it was a dialogue, right? It was like, we talked, they asked me about a job, a few months went by, talked about some other stuff, a couple of days more went by, asked me about a job. So I was like, oh, it's fine, it's personable, but don't just show up and be like, and I've had that happen too. Like literally first message after we connect, do you have any jobs at your company for me? And it's like, I don't even know what you do, bro. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so I think again, hi, I'm, I'm this person. I do this. This is my experience. This is why I think I'm a good fit for the job. Anyway, that was a very long answer to the first part. Sales. <laughs> sales is very tough for you to, and, and this is speaking from a salesperson, ex salesperson and someone who gets a lot of sales messages, a mm -hmm. lot, a lot of sales messages. Um, again, which I'm fine with if you do it well. What does that mean? Um, if you're doing sales towards a company and you're messaging an individual, know your shit. What does that mean? If you come at me and you say, hey, I know your company uses X platform and we don't, done. Not, we're, I'm literally done with you. <laughs> um, if you. If you say, hey, I know all, like anything, you have to know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to and you have to make it not seem like a generic hey I'm shooting a, an arrow in the dark right shot in the darks work from time to time but when you're messaging me and people like me they don't work unless you somehow shot a, in the dark and you hit the exact pain point I'm working on but yeah so first one know your shit how do you get to know your shit there's many different ways um, sometimes like I don't know if I encourage doing this but I'll say this is what we did I would call an org chart in the company that I was targeting. And I would literally go up the org chart and have just conversations about general stuff. But that gave me insight on the company. So I, I figured out what the pain points were. So when I was talking to a person of influence, I was able to be very, very like deliberate in what I'm talking about. And they were like, oh wow, like you've done your homework. So I think with sales, intentionality matters, knowing your shit matters. Um, and don't be too salesy. Like you can start a conversation that doesn't, turn into a sales pitch off the bat. You could just be like, hey, this is what I do. I just wanted to say hi. Down the road, if you have any issues, let me know. And then leave it at that and then come back later. Because again, sales, and most salespeople know this, it's like nine interactions before you get to a point where you're mm -hmm. gonna make a sale. Um, and so it doesn't need to be right now, right? I know you have sales quota this month, I get it. But maybe you're gonna sell to me in four months or a year or three years when I'm in a different company or whatever that is. Um, and I've done that before. I've had, I, I remember one of the first sales calls I've ever made and I sold to that person when we were both at two different companies. Hmm. Um, and it was very interesting um, just because I just kept the door open. I was like, hey, look, you don't want it. That's totally cool. Let's keep in touch. Um, so I think, and this is something, and this is a term that I don't like to say, but try not to be salesy Try not to be like overly like excited and always just on and like, yes, I, whatever you say is golden and buy my product because I love you. 
Um, try to just be a human. Just talk to me. Let's have a conversation. Let's go from there. Um, and then the last one you asked about recruiters. So this is similar to sales, but this is something that, that I'm going to say. So there is a, something that I've heard in the tech world from like tech people. And the quote is recruiters don't know anything. And so I think if you're a recruiter, you have to know your shit. If you're talking about a technology, you have to know it, right? You don't have to be a developer, but you have to know the environment. You have to know the, the positions that are in that technology space. You have to know what they do. You have to know all those things first. Second, if you're reaching out to a candidate, read their profile in depth. Don't look at the last job that they had. Don't look at the job they had three times ago. Don't look at how many keywords of your search pop up in there. Because you know, if someone, so like I was a business analyst for like four months and I get hit up, hey, we're looking for a business analyst. And, I'm just, and like, because I'm in recruiting, I get furious right? Because they did not read my profile. They just saw that the keyword matched up. So they didn't even click my profile to open it. They just off of the list, they said, send in mail and they just sent an in mail. Um, don't do that. You have to, as a recruiter, you have to know your stuff. You have to be very diligent and you have to be very intentional in your speech. Hey, I saw your profile. I see that you have 10 years experience in X. I see that you've done this, this, this project at these, these, these companies. That's why your profile is really cool for my client, if you're an agency, or for my team, if you're at a company. We're looking for your profile exactly. These are the things we're looking for. Do you have a minute to talk? Now, some people might say you should put the salary in the, in the first message. I don't want to have that conversation right now. Personally, I don't put salaries in my first messages. I just, I don't, I want to know if it would make sense even for, at all. Because if you're going to come back with, hey, I'm not looking right now. I don't want to have a conversation. I don't want the salary to just be out there just me personally. Um, but again, if you're in New York, you could probably just go on a website and see the web salary anyway. Um, but I think the bottom line is if you're reaching out to a candidate as a recruiter, you have to be on top of it. You have to know everything that you're trying to accomplish. Um, and I know mistakes happen. I've done that before. I've done, I've done one of those emails where it's like, Hey, candidate name. And I just do the thing and I didn't have the name in there. Um, it happens, right? That's not, it's, it's, it's okay if mistakes happen, but in general, you need to be on top of your stuff. Um, I talked a lot, Fran. You talk now. <laughs> Pass the baton. Um, I agree with a good majority of that. I think in like no matter what capacity you are, what persona you are in terms of messaging people, I think one, it comes down to like your style of communication and like how you communicate with people and like I think being authentic to yourself is important. Um, I do think from a candidate perspective, being direct with your ask, like if you were reaching out to like me as a recruiter, you're reaching out to a software engineer on the team that you want to apply to. I think being clear, concise and direct with your intention, why you're reaching out to the person and what you're asking or what you're trying to get out of it like so many people will like just send me their resume or like oh, no context no context or, at like, all send me a job and be like and be like i'm interested in this job and i'm like yeah. cool like not <laughs> to be rude but like a, you need to be like clear and concise go ahead no, no, i was gonna say you know when you if you post if you post a job posting like if you, yeah. if you like, post it from your web from your page and then someone responds with interested on the comment like they just comment interested yeah and it's like 
I know the really like sarcastic person in me wants to be like, congratulations. Yeah, no, but it's just, it's, it's like, I get that. But I think we talked about it earlier at some point when you're, when you're looking for a job, that is your full-time job. So you mm -hmm. need to do the work and saying yeah. interested is not the work. Yeah. I'm sorry. Continue. I just had to, cause I just think it's so funny when they just send you <laughs> a resume and they don't say anything. I know. And I think I'm sure like a lot of people are self-conscious about asking for something or asking for help or asking for you to refer them. But like, why else are you reaching out? Like I, in my full opinion, like be direct, be bold, like go for it. The worst that's going to happen is they are not going to respond to you or they're going to say no. Um, so that would be like my two cents is clear, concise asks. I definitely do agree. Like from any of the three perspectives or personas we were talking about, finding some way to personalize or connect with that individual is going to increase your likelihood of them responding for sure. Like finding some way to build a social, emotional connection, whether it's referencing a contact that you both have a mutual connection or referencing somewhere that you both worked in the past or referencing like this has worked for me in the past is someone referencing um like volunteer work I do or something that you know it's going to uh, pull something in them emotionally or psychologically increased likelihood and then I will also say um I think I talked about this in a previous episode but reaching out to if you're trying to get a referral to a job reaching out to an employee at the company because the likelihood of a large portion of companies having referral bonuses is high so that's another incentive for someone to refer you if that's your ask in the message from a sales rep perspective um everyone has their own pitch style their own sales pitch their own style of sales so do you but I was on the other side of it too, like in the agency days on the sales side of it and definitely not my area of expertise, but being on the flip side of it now too, where I get a lot of those messages, um, people who reach out to me like six times in the span of two weeks with like the same message, like the, I don't even know what you call a sales tactic, but like the broken record approach is like, makes me less and less likely to want to respond back to you. I personally, I will respond back to as many candidates as I can, but oftentimes my bandwidth is limited and I obviously have a job to do. Sales reps, I, I typically don't reach out to unless I actually feel like I can help them or they're going to be able to help me in some way, um, which is not often because like I don't have a PL, I don't sign checks, but from a sales rep perspective, I would also be like clear, concise, finding some way to connect, like you had stated previously. And then I do think repetition matters, but like six times in the span of two weeks, or like the broken record approach when you're not getting a response, I don't I don't think is the best tactic. Um from a recruiter to a candidate, I definitely think. I, I think it's inevitable in, a, in, a, in the reality in a lot of recruiters world where sending LinkedIn message messages is typically automated in some form or fashion. Like for, for those who aren't aware on the LinkedIn recruiter feature, there are multiple um, aspects where you can 
create templates or there are like the cookie cutter templates that are created and then you simply just plug in the individual's name or the company that they worked at. And some of that stuff, because of oftentimes the volume of roles that recruiters have to work on for their jobs, that is kind of part of the gig. But I think like you had stated previously, finding opportunities to customize your message and make sure like just like you said that you're actually looking at profiles and know your shit essentially before you're reaching out to them i think is really important and increasing the likelihood of getting a response back yeah well and i think for for the recruiter part i think that if you're sourcing so if you're going out there to message people that means like you have to be very intentional right Mm -hmm. because or else you're just getting candidates to apply to your job go through that you're fine but if you're out there sourcing I remember I used to have this template where it was like two paragraphs that were pre-made, but that had an empty line in the middle in all caps. It was like, write something relevant about their profile. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would delete that. And then I would, I would find something on their profile and it would, it doesn't take a bunch of time. Mm-hmm. Right. Like most of it is a part of the template, but then I would be like, I saw your experience in X. This is why I think you're cool. Whatever that may be. So I think taking that, but the other thing, one thing that I want to talk about, and this is for all three, for candidates, recruiters, for sales, your headline, the, the headline of your, or the subject line of your, of your in-mail matters, right? So if you're uh, getting, if you're reaching out to me because someone told you about me, your headline should say, X said you were a great person to talk to, right? Because, because if your headline just says sales or, you know, look, looking for a job, like, I'm just like, all right, whatever. But if it says, John said, Hey, shoot, or not Hey, shoot, but if it says John told me to reach out to you, I'm like, oh, what did John, what did John want to say about, that? right? So I think those are the way to do it. Or if, it, if you're doing sales, be like, you know, um, you know, is, I, I keep using Salesforce as an example. I just, I like the company. Is Salesforce, is your Salesforce environment not working out the way you want it to or something to that effect? If you've done the research and you know that I need help, right? Or whatever. And, and then for recruiters, um, th- there's a bunch of different things. So when I was just trying to, increase the number of candidates that I had access to, I would say like, do you want to pulse on the market? Like I'll, and, and my message was, Hey, I'll just, I'll tell you how the market's doing. Right. Or it's like, Hey, like, are you looking for, you know, $200,000 job, whatever. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't even know if that's a good way to do it, but you want to make sure that your headline is good because if, if I'm someone who is, if you're reaching out to like, say like some sort of a manager or a VP, they're getting dozens, if not mm-hmm. more email, uh, in mails a day. Um, so yeah. But that's that's another thought that I had. Cool. Um, Let's tie back up a little bit more from a company perspective. So what do you like? How do you think companies can best utilize and leverage the LinkedIn platform to not only build their brand, but also attract talent, whether it's for an immediate role or building some level of rapport virtually to build that attraction for perhaps a future hire? I think for companies, you want to create dialogue on LinkedIn. I think, and this is purely an opinion. I'm not, this is me totally just thinking right now off the top of my head. But I think that comes out of our mouth is facts. (laughs) Um, I will delete that from the final. People don't know that. Just kidding. Um, But I think it, but opinion based. No, yeah. I mean, because I think I mean, that's the whole point of this, right? Like we are talking about what we know is going on, but then also how we see it. Yeah. And we hope you find value. Um, (laughs) But I think that the, the goal should be and this is not for 
if you have a job right now that you need, that's a little different. But I think if you're trying to create a bunch of people that follow your company, I think that's what you want, right? I think when you have a company page, you want a bunch of people that are consistently keeping an eye out for, ooh, you know what? They post cool shit, right? And the reason for that is because when you do have a job and you do post the job, it it's going to go on their page because they've either clicked the, I don't know if there is a, a like a ring icon oh, or whatever, you know, whatever. They've, they've yeah. clicked it to, to be aware. So I think one of the things you want to do as a company is you want to create dialogue. So if you're posting something that is um, a update, at the end, there should be something there to create dialogue. It shouldn't just be, we have, you know, 100,000 new followers, thumbs up. That doesn't create dialogue. You do, we have 100,000 new followers and something, right? Mm -hmm. 100,000 new followers, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Thank you and something else. You want to create as much dialogue as possible because you want, you know, likes are great, shares are great. I personally think as a company, you want comments. You want people talking about it. You want discussions in the comments um, because then not only are people engaging with what you posted, they're engaging with each other and you're doing a service to the greater good. And I'm getting a little preachy here, but I think that's always a good thing. Um, but I think as a company, that's that. And then when you have a job, if you've done the first part, it'll be, there'll be more people that are looking at it. There'll be more people that are care. And automatically what you post kind of sort of shows your company culture and your company values. Mm. So if you're able to portray your company's culture and values in a really good way, in a really transparent way on LinkedIn, when someone applies automatically, and I don't like the term culture fit, but they are a culture fit slash ad. They are someone that embodies or sees themselves embodying what your, what your company is about. And then you don't have to worry about, is this person going to be good for our environment? It's almost you've done some vetting already because they've seen how much you posted. Because if you post if they're not about, they're not going to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, follow. They're not going to follow you, and they're not going to apply to your jobs, um, which can be a good thing, mm -hmm. right? So I think that you want to really create that dialogue. Um, what do you think? Do you, do you yeah. do you agree with thirty percent of what I said, but then not seventy percent of what I, agree, I said? I think I agree with all everything you said. So oh, that's far. the first time today, y'all. It's the first time today. We're doing good. Um, but yeah, I think I one hundred percent think from a company perspective, LinkedIn is an opportunity for companies to build their brand, cultivate a following, build engagement, showcase their culture, the work that they're doing, the opportunities that could be available to you. I do think, I think it's like a non-negotiable aspect of branding that like if companies have the resources and bandwidth, depending on their size, 100% should be leveraging. I think it's like an easy, an easy bucket that they can fill um, to build their brand. Um, anything else we missed? Wrap up. So we we can wrap up. There's one thing that I want to say that might not controversial, but it might not be appreciated by everyone. But it's it's there's something that, at least for me, there's a thought I have on on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. and it's something that we learned when we were kids from our parents. And it was if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Mm. For me on LinkedIn, <laughs> that is my that is my rule. Mm. I don't think because look again, discussions are good, disagreements are fine. But I don't think LinkedIn is a place for tearing people down. Uh, it doesn't make you look good. It it does. It, then there's no value to it. 
in any way, shape, or form, right? If you just again, if something's posted that is that is horrible, right? Unfollow the person, right? And you can say something, and that's fine. But I just there's no value in it because you're not changing anyone's mind. You're not make doing any change. You're just you're just making noise in the wind. So mm-hmm. my thing is, I really don't think. And again, we talked about it. I don't like politics on these platforms. It's not my. I, that's not what I'm there for. But let's say someone posted something that's against your political views and beliefs. Unfollow them. Because commenting doesn't do anything. And it just it just creates more negative, more negative, more negative. Um, and I just, I don't think LinkedIn's the place for that. I don't, honestly, I don't think anywhere is the place for that. I think negativity is something that we can all live without. Um, but that's for me personally. So uh, if you disagree with me, I respect that. Uh, and I, I didn't mean you, Fran. I meant the general world. But if you do too, I, I respect that. But I think... <laughs> If we could live with the whole, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all, it would be a better platform altogether. Yeah, I think that could be applicable to all social media for sure. But for sure. definitely with LinkedIn, yeah, I do see, like, so in my opinion, there's so many, I think, I think a political conversation could go like another four hours. So I'm not even going to go there, but I'm of like the mindset that I think there are so many things that are politicized that shouldn't be that may impact you at work or your career or your brand that you're trying to portray or build on LinkedIn. So if you're called to share something that's important to you, totally go for it. But I I am 100% in agreement in like the, the rhetoric of if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. So it's like, if something exactly is like, if someone, um, posts something or shares something that draws some like very negative emotions out of you, like I would be personally of the mind to like, go deal with that yourself, like tearing people down or saying negative things, like 100% not the place for it. Um, being a professional platform, but I think I, like, I see that stuff fairly often. It's really sad and disheartening. Um, but I do think like underlying thought of what you're sharing is like being mindful. This is a social platform, the brand you're portraying or the persona that you're, you're putting out there comments that you're typing, whatever, like that stuff is out in the internet and out to the world. So I think it's important and mindful of, um, being respectful and leading with empathy and being mindful of what you're putting out there. Yeah, solid. Um, so I think what I what I'll what I'll say, and then you you wrap up, wrap up. But what I'll say at the end is, um, utilize LinkedIn. No matter if you're in tech, I think LinkedIn is a wonderful tool. You can tell your story, you can engage with people, you can make friends. Um, go for it, but be as intentional as possible. If you if you're not making a decision, that itself is a decision on your profile. So make decisions. Be very intentional. Um, and have fun. Mm -hmm. I will add, I think some of like the core Mm -hmm. items that we discussed today is one, LinkedIn is an awesome platform. I think it's important to understand the, the rules of the game that you're playing within, whether you're a company or a candidate, understanding the true ins and outs of the platform, and then kind of Corroborating? Corroborating. Corroborating? Corroborating? But that's not not the word either. 
I don't know what I'm trying to say. Anyways, understanding where was my understanding Put them the rules of the platform, how to play the game, how to play within the rules in conjunction. There we go. That's a better word. In conjunction with how what you're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to get out of the platform, whether it's from a candidate perspective or a company perspective, and then taking action based on that. Um, understanding that the more you utilize the platform, the more engaged you are with the platform, the more likely you're able, your profile is going to get seen or your company page is going to get seen. Um, building your brand, like this is an opportunity for you to build your brand, build your network, put out there what you're trying to get back and um, cultivate your brand. I think storytelling is such a big part of the job search or attracting talent or gaining an audience for your company. And um, then also LinkedIn etiquette, I think is important as well and understanding how to kind of conduct yourself on the platform. Um, so I think that is all for the day. We're wrapping up. Thank you all so much for joining. Listen in to our ne next episode um, when we drop. And thank you for being here. Well, I was just going to say LinkedIn did not sponsor this episode, but LinkedIn, if you want to, <laughs> you know where to find us. Uh, but until next time, sincerely, Fran and Shubo.